Hey, welcome to the Dad's Guide to Parenting. My name is Case. I share from my experiences of being a dad, the good, the bad, everything in between. So whether you're a mom, a dad, a grandparent, or just somebody who is helping to raise a kid, I hope that this is a help or an encouragement to you as you do that. So thanks for joining us. All right. We're back. We're back. Boom. I like it. Okay, so... Like I went, I went back and listened to most of it while I was doing some work and stuff. And one, I'm like, yeah, we actually, we actually got quality content and, and even like a title. You sound surprised. We are. Cause I was like, man, that. <laughs> Multiple parties said things that were of substance throughout that entire podcast. So that is a huge win. And not always the case, I think, maybe with us, but but well worth the listen. But so, like, we ran that whole track, and like, start like the opening question was, all right, daughters that are fun but also very driven. Like, how do we handle that? And the answer ended up being not so much how do you answer that question, but just. We, we both verbalized in some of the same in different ways. We learned from guys that we surrounded ourselves with who are just good dads or good parents in general. Oh. And so I, so the question coming out of that then is, okay, how do you, how, like, how does a guy begin to navigate that that says, okay, like my life is full of 40, 55 hour work week, whatever that may look like for somebody in addition to that, I've got two to five kids that I'm trying to spend time with. When is it that I put myself in a position where I am surrounded by guys that are good dads? For us, that you you were doing that when you didn't have a kid yet. And I was doing it at a time where it was kind of built into what I was doing. So we, I think you and I had the luxury of not having to answer that question ourselves for a period of time. Absolutely. But like some who, somebody who's listening that would go, man, I, I really should try to put myself around really good dads. Well, how do I do that inside of like, wh- where should I look first? That, that's, a, that's a good question. I mean, what society and, and today's culture puts on us is what a good dad is, and what a bad dad is. Uh, I would have uh, probably people, probably well-meaning uh, Christian uh, fathers and mothers say, uh, "Mine put me in the bad dad category because I was seven months deployed with Marines uh, instead of being at home with my kids. And then I would have other people say, well, no, no, he, he's a good dad because he's teaching his kid how to how to you know love Jesus and he he's putting those training wheels on them. We know we got about 10 to 12 years, depending on their particular physiological and psychological makeup on how we invest in them, how we cultivate them. Uh what is a good dad? What is a bad dad? You know, and I think um people who who uh, as you stated really well earlier, and I can't, I can't do anything but paraphrase what you said earlier about put, putting God first, you know, and then, and then, and then the family. We, when you do those things, and you recognize things about yourself, like 
what is my calling? What is my relationship with God? How do I get my kids on board with that? How do I help them understand with that? Um, that, that those are really good things. I think, uh, I guess a very practical answer outside of, hey, how do we deal with what society categorizes us as a good dad or a bad dad? But what, what is a healthy church? How can I get connected there? Uh, or even, uh, you know, Christian uh, sports programs, uh, Christian uh, extracurricular programs. How do I get connected with other parents like that? And you got to look, you got to put in the time, just like it's, it's looking for a job, just like it's looking for a wife, just like it's looking for uh, the person who's going to watch your kids for a couple of hours on a Friday night while you and your wife go out for a date. You, you got to put in the time, you got to look, because you and I both know we've been through various churches uh, as participants, as worshipers, as leaders, as volunteers, and we can, you and I can spot a healthy church pretty quick. We, we can sit there, maybe even one or two Sundays, sit in the pew and see how things happen, and we could probably tell pretty quickly what's happening behind the scenes. If, if yeah. somebody's doing something right, if somebody's doing something wrong, little little nuances we could pick up on easy, uh, pick up rather, rather easy. But how, how do we get the the uh, the guy who's hasn't been in, in a formal ministry, vocational ministry? How, how do they find that healthy church, I guess, would be would be my responding question. What would you say to them? I would say. I want to I want to bounce something off of what you said for a second before I do that. I wrote one time I was writing how to find a like how to find a church, and inside that it was either that one or I don't one of the blogs I wrote pertaining to church as I was saying the things that I felt like I needed to say or had left to say without a platform to say it a few years ago, and said within 15 minutes of walking into your church I can tell you what's important to you. And which sounds kind of like a douchey statement to make, but at the same time, I'm saying that with confidence because I've been around the block. I've been in and out of this thing on, just like you said, multiple sides of the table for the better part of two decades or actually two plus decades and on the inside. And so like to flesh that out a little more, I, I was like, man, if I walk in the door and the greeter gives me a hello, good morning, and that's all I've got from you, well, I'm brand new. I'm going to assume that you see the same five to a thousand, 500 to a thousand faces over which the church we go to right now, they probably run. I bet that room's got, I want to like going back and like, okay, Sunday morning, it looked like we probably had four to 500 people in the room. That, that may be off. It may have been a thousand people in the service that I walked into. So the door that I walked in, if we split that in half, You've got 500 people walking through extra. There's three different entrances. So there's 300 people walking through there. And it's the same 300 people over and over and over and over and over again. You're going to begin to recognize the repetitive faces. You and I know that. So when a new face walks in, oh, that's a new face. I probably don't know you. And so just as a greeter, if it's a shallow greeting, this place may be fairly shallow. Now, it may be like personality, I'm shy, all that kind of thing. But if you are a high-functioning, high-capacity place, you don't put that guy there. You don't stick the shy guy 
at the front door or at the side door at the, at the entrance. And so there's going to be a little more interaction. So I'd go further than that. Like, okay, so maybe it's fair that you don't get a lot of interaction there, but if I make it to the hallway and the first thing I see is the layouts of the new building plan. And I've got the little temperature marker to see how far into your $2 million give that you are like, I now know very apparently what's important to you is this $2 million or $8 million project. And that's what we're talking about all the time. And they're like, no, that's not the, yeah, it is the most important thing right now because it's out here in the front because that's what you want me to see. And meaning so as I am and I'm going to say some weird things right here it's going to be like wait that's contrary I pulled up our online app or the the app to the church that we go to I pulled it up to watch church a few weeks ago and the first thing that popped up was we are x amount away from our quote big give ask this year and I was like (laughs) I'm highly agitated and, and I'm looking for the, like, I'm trying to find live feed. I found how short we are to $2 million and I found the building plans and I found that video. I, I, it took me five to 10 minutes to find the live feed of the worship service that was currently happening. Oh. And so let's fast forward. We go to church this week. We walk in, we sit down singing the songs. Yeah. They sit down for a minute. Guy gets up to start making an announcement. You know what he announces? You better believe it. Big give. Here's what we just hit. Here's the video of what we're building. And I was like, golly, I am, huh. And like, I can go back and tell like, why are we where we are right now? Well, here's why. But that's a conversation for a later day. But it's things like that that you go, okay, what are the, what are the things that I can see that are either a red flag or a green flag? And then when I see a red flag, I'm going to go, I'm going to pursue an answer to that. Can I live with that particular red flag during this season of time? That red flag right now, I don't worry so much about because my agenda at church is for my son and daughter to sit next to me in a seat and I'm not going to drive home and correct 30 minutes or 45 minutes of theological heresy because we sat there. Rather, I can go like there's an agreement when we are speaking about the scriptures that Jesus is the only way that we have to trust him, that we as humans are broken and need to be fixed great. I'm not dealing with that. So I can live with this issue right now because of what I am after, but I'm not after being surrounded by a group of people at church right now, because I have a group of people that we've surrounded ourselves with throughout the last seven years. But I like, I also help fabricate those things for other people. So I knew when I got here, I know how to pull in four other men and to invite them into life in a way that's going to do that for me. So going back to the original question, like, what's my answer to you? I would say like, whatever your unique position in, whether you are a new believer as a 25 year old, or you've been a Christian since you were seven years old and you're 45 and you're raising a kid, but you're still looking for, okay, how do I surround myself 
to the best of my knowledge, I'm going to walk in the door and go, what do I immediately see as a red flag or not in terms of scripture says church should look like fill in the blank. Does it, does it mirror that? And am I good with that? And when I see something that's inconsistent, I'm going to ask, why is it inconsistent? And then I'm going to ask if I can live with it, if it's not going to get fixed. And if those things continue to flow, then great. I'm going to get connected with, I think in general, the normative family should attend. They should go to the, Hey, tell us what the church is about. Go to the new member meeting and then see where you can get connected with a small group of people. Like, I think that is the normative process for a believer to be surrounded by other people who are believers who are going to help spurn you and encourage you to good deeds the way that scripture says. But while you're doing that, I think you have to be asking the questions like, are there red flags as we're going? And so that you're not in a Mars Hill situation where you'd walk in, drink the Kool-Aid, I'm all in. And like, I'm not asking questions. I'm not pushing against thing. I'm just, I'm a hundred percent submitting to everything you say without hesitation or reservation, because that's how it's supposed to be done. And that's Hebrews 11 submission to elder authority. I don't think that's what they were getting at. I think it's a healthy understanding of while I'm here, I'm choosing to submit to your authority, but at the same time, the entire time I will continually evaluate to go, I'm testing every spirit. Um, I think that's a clear, that's a clear mandate or instruction to go as a man is teaching the scriptures or shepherding or instructing, you should be asking, is that consistent with what the scriptures say? Does Jesus verbally agree with that as Matthew wrote or as John recorded or Luke wrote down um, or, you know, that, that Mark got from that? Or is Paul consistent with what's being said? And when there are issues, I'm going to raise my hand and go, that doesn't feel, feel is the wrong word. That doesn't look consistent with what I'm seeing here. And being a man about doing that. That's one of those, like, you've got to be a grown up in the situation, whatever you don't have you have to go find and you should start looking there at the church. And if you've exhausted that and it's truly not there in your area, then you have to go create it and go, I'm going to invite five guys into this. And you're like, well, I live in Cali. I don't, I'm not around other believers. Well, you're going to have to share the gospel with 10 guys and pray that two of them say yes. And then from there, invite them into the next part of it. That's when we moved to Austin, that's what I had to do. I got there and I was like, okay, I need, I need men around me. And our church didn't really do that at that level. And so I said, fine, I'm going to go find it and then invite guys into it and teach them if I have to. And one I had to teach and the other one already knew how to do it. And so it just was like, here we go. And but it was, but the onus was on me to go, here's what I need. If it's not readily plug and play, you got to make it. Yeah. The, those are really good thoughts. I mean, you, you uh, sought it out. You'll look for it. Uh, not only men in your life, but these are other Bible believing uh, people who uh, Dax and Tanner are seeing you interact with yeah. you're not surrounding yourselves with with tomcats and hound dogs who are going out and hey how can i you know cheat on my wife this weekend or 
how can I go do this? How can I go do that? You're, you're surrounding yourself with people who, who love God and love their wives and love their kids. That's awesome. Yeah. And I, I think it's a, it's an ever evolving and revolving situation, meaning there are guys that have been in that circle for me that are no longer in that circle for location reasons, for change in dynamics of relationship reason. And then there are guys that have, that have come in and out of that. And, but it's a, it's, like I said, it's a constant flowing. I sit down with regularity at least every six months and evaluate like the group that the, the group that has the ability to speak into my life to go, Hey, something's off with you. Who is that? And, and like for 10 years, regularly evaluating, is this group the right group? And, and typically if somebody's a no, it's not because they are pushing me. It's because they're not. And because I, I have to have that. If I don't have that piece of my life, a group that I can go, I, this is who I'm confessing sin to. Here's who's taking it seriously. And here's who's pushing me on it. If I can't confess sin to you, one, if you don't receive that well, or two, you don't reciprocate. Why are we at the table together? Number two, going back to like when you were talking about uh, just like lust is number one for me, like sexual sin is going to be the one thing that takes me out. And so if I don't have guys that take that seriously, if I go, hey, I saw a bikini picture on Yahoo and it really like it was tugging on my heart and I clicked on it and I was there for 35 seconds and then got out. If if the answer is, dude, you're a guy, no big deal. You're not the guy in the circle. Yeah, you can't be. No, and not because you're just because you don't you're not taking it seriously the way that we should. The way that I, I look at the scripture and go, here's what it's saying that we should look like. It doesn't look like that. I need somebody that's like, yeah, that was pretty stupid. Uh, what are, like what are we doing about that? Thanks for telling me. Uh, like I'm not condemning you, and at the same time, yes, that's off. Praying for you right now. Uh, here's how I'm approaching it in the future so that I'm not there. Great. Let's, you know, get that done. Here we go. Um, so I think not only is it you've got to go find it, but I think you have to regularly be saying, like, is this working? And if it's not, you got to adjust what's not working. Excellent. So, sounds like a recipe for, for, uh, healthy relationships in your life it's good stuff i think it sounds similar to what houston did as they evaluated that they weren't being successful they went and got nolan ryan brought him in and all of a sudden they're winning world series and a green houston hat is now it's a valuable item <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, I know when I, I went up there and watched a few games with you and and Drew and 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 Blake and JD. We would all go up to watch the Rangers. And, uh, you know, a little piece of my soul died every time I went into the ballpark. However, I enjoyed being with you guys and having fun and baking out there in the three three o'clock in the afternoon and that sun oh my gosh marinating globe life <laughs> in august <laughs> sheesh um 
the new one, I don't know if you've been to the new Globe Life Stadium that has the roof on it. I I am friends with Ian Kinsler. I, I don't, like I say that with reservation, like I hate name dropping like that. He's so cool and super chill and very laid back and very low key. Uh, he took me and Dax, our, our boys are buddies. And so we went for their birthdays last May. And if you're going to go to a Ranger game, go with Ranger royalty if you can, because <laughs> it was one of the greatest hitters the Rangers have ever produced. Yes. So we, we go, Hey bud. Yeah, in four minutes. We have football practice at five. Yeah. Um, so we uh, we take our boys for their birthdays. They put their name up on the screen and everything. But it was like watching him walk through the hallways. Because we, like, we got special parking. Like literally pulled up, got out of the truck, walked into the stadium. And like I didn't cross a street. That's how like got out of the truck on the sidewalk entrance and then back hallways, stuff like that. And up into our seats and then sitting with him and everybody's pretty cool. Like nobody, uh, nobody overran him that day. I think cause he was with his son and, uh, but it be that experience was amazing. The stadium, however, the indoor stadium is it, even though it's climate controlled and it's cool air conditioning wise, it's nothing like when you would walk into the old park and it just be like, and like the sound is not very good. They haven't adjusted the acoustics, right. And it just, it's not, even though you would sweat your off the new indoor one, it's like, it makes me sad. I'm like, man, y'all, y'all do very good building this and whatever. Yeah. You don't have to drop names. Uh, I will, I will say that because of your connections, your many connections in life that I got to sit courtside and actually had LeBron's sweat hit me in the side of the face at one point. And, uh, and that was, that was amazing. Uh, I, I won't, I won't forget that. Although, uh, I was going, I was going for the Mavs, but, uh, man, it was really cool to have LeBron sweat hit me in the face. I didn't wash my face for like a week. Yeah. That those seats, the first time I sat there, uh, I watched LeBron play and didn't really know. I wasn't following basketball close enough. It was early enough. It was like, yeah, I know who this guy is, but and walking away from it he back then he did not come off the court right for a second he right. played start to finish nonstop. and i remember being like most people just in awe of him but specifically for just like wow that guy is a machine not only talent wise but just he is he regularly had taken care of himself in a way that he could play his top game from second one to second none nonstop. And I was highly, highly, highly impressed yeah. with the motor. So that dude was a freaking baller still is, but uh, getting to watch him live. So I, <laughs> this is funny. It's four forty nine. I got to be on the field at five uh, <laughs> for a, for a football thing. So we are, 
we're gonna we're gonna have a part three <laughs> so um let's figure out when we're gonna sit down again in the next seven days and and go again and try to get this thing wrapped up uh, hey i like what we got but if you want to go more we can go more no problem we we can have a part three that gets posted later so i don't even Hey, thanks for joining us today on the Dad's Guide to Parenting. If you would like the video version of these, you can go to YouTube, same title, the Gad, the Dad, the Gad, the Dad's Guide to Parenting. If you want to donate, you can actually go to buymeacoffee.com backslash Case Hubbard. You can donate there. If you'd like to, you can also reach me at the Dad's Guide to Parenting at gmail.com. Any question you have, thought, you got an argument, whatever it is, if you'd like to discuss, I'd be happy to engage with you. Thank you again for listening. Subscribe, like, share, comment, all those great things. I hope you have a great day and enjoy being a dad or a mom. If you're a mom, enjoy that too. Later.